Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. You've probably heard about Fiverr, a global marketplace of skilled freelancers. But sometimes businesses need to manage multiple complex projects simultaneously. That's why they created Fiverr Pro, where you can gain access to the very best freelancers, streamline your workflow with a user-friendly dashboard, and collaborate on projects with your team. Designed to handle projects of any size, Fiverr Pro is the ultimate freelance solution for your business. With no hidden membership or subscription fees to get started, visit pro.fiverr.com to sign up and use code VOX for 15% off any service. That's pro.fiverr.com and use code VOX. Hey, stay tuned listeners. Here's a short piece of today's episode of Cafe Insider, my new podcast with Ann Milgram. The whole show is available now to members of Cafe Insider. To join, go to cafe.com slash insider. From Cafe, welcome to Cafe Insider. I'm Preet Bharara. And I'm Ann Milgram. And so uh, Thanksgiving is over. It's over. It's really over. How'd you make out? Oh, it's fantastic. I gained 34 pounds. <laughs> I think it, maybe 35. I, I ate a lot of pumpkin pie. Having gained 34 pounds, I'm very happy <laughs> that this is not televised. Audio is good. So we have a lot, to, a lot of things to get to. Even though you would have expected a sort of quiet week, it really wasn't. There's the fight that Donald Trump had with the Supreme Court, with John Roberts. There's all sorts of things happening on the border. There are some murmurings about activity in the Mueller investigation. The House Republicans uh, on one of the committees subpoenaed Jim Comey. So let's start maybe with the Supreme Court. Yeah, John Roberts. John Roberts. What happened? So, you know, this is a pretty extraordinary thing. The president, um, of course, whenever there's a decision that he doesn't like, he starts tweeting out and he tweets about uh, San Francisco, a a California district court judge, John Tiger, John Tiger. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, You probably want Tiger. (laughs) Tiger. Let's go Tiger. If if your name could be pronounced Tiger. (laughs) Or Tiger. You probably want it to be Tiger. And so, so, you know, Trump basically comes after him and says, you know, he's an Obama judge. And, and. I think is implying, as as the president often does, that the decisions are political, that judges are making political decisions. And of course, the president is, I think, completely transactional. And, and I think he sees the world this way and expects that judges are the same. And so you're an Obama appointment, you're you're playing liberal politics, you're a conservative appointment, you're you're playing conservative politics. But what's it, there's nothing extraordinary about that. The president has done it since the beginning of the, the travel ban litigation. This has all been his sort of modus operandi. What is extraordinary is that the chief justice of the United States Supreme Court, who oversees the entire judiciary. And I think it's an important point that there's one person who's like the administrative head of all the federal judges, and that's the chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. That is right now John Roberts, who was a Bush appointment. So let's read what he said. So Roberts says, reacting to Trump, quote, we do not have Obama judges or Trump judges, Bush judges or Clinton judges. What we have is an extraordinary group of dedicated judges doing their level best to do equal right to those appearing before them that independent judiciary is something we should all be thankful for. And that's extraordinary, as, as you were saying, because Supreme Court justices don't speak usually. They speak in their opinions. Some of them— Most judges don't. Right. Um, and in particular on this court, John Roberts says very little. He has the annual report. 
that he puts out every year, and usually he talks about something that's important to the administration of the of the court uh, throughout the country. For example, low judicial pay or uh, workload or something like that. I'm interested to see what he's going to be talking, talking about, about this, this year. This, yep. Yeah, come January first. Why do you think he did it? I think it's interesting that he decided to put out this statement when he did. And I have, you know, a couple of people have, I think, natural quibbles with his statement. Because but judges never speak. Judges never speak. And I'm not sure the formulation is quite right. And and it, it a little bit elides what a lot of people think is true, that there is some ideological difference between Obama judges and Bush judges and Reagan judges and others. That's why we fight so hard about it. That's why Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not retiring. That's why Brett Kavanaugh inspired so much you know, f- fight and anxiety. But but the weird thing to me about Justice Roberts speaking is I don't think it's based just on this event. The fact that, you know, Donald Trump mouthed off about a district court judge in San Francisco, my my thought is that it's been building over time. Yes. And there have been a series of events. For almost two years. For almost two years where, where the president calls someone out by name. Now, I should say it at, a, at the outset, and I'm sure this is true of you also, there have been times when you're the attorney general or you're the United States attorney or you're a politician um, judges are not beyond criticism, and decisions are not beyond criticism. So I think it's okay to to voice respectful disagreement with decisions. And it's also, by the way, in other contexts, perfectly appropriate to voice respectful disagreement with members of the media or with a New York Times article or with even particular sure. reporters. The problem is the president takes it to the next level because he has an outsized megaphone and he belittles people and he undermines people's faith, not just in a particular decision – but in the institution it, as a is, whole. I, I couldn't. I could not agree more. I think this is all about inst- the institution. And I think the thing we know about Roberts is he cares deeply for the institution. And look, I think he's probably already worried about it, and I candidly think he should be. When, when you look back to the decision in Bush v. Gore in 2000, where the Supreme Court decided the presidential election. Political. If, political. And if you look at the polls of how Americans felt about the United States Supreme Court before that decision and after – the, the Supreme Court took an enormous hit in their reputation. It was an extraordinary change in how politicized people saw the court. I don't think the courts recovered from that. So but you, did they deserve it? Look, I think that was a very political decision. I, I, I think that I think it was a mistake <laughs> part of the problem for them is, to get involved. Yeah, part of the problem is we say institutions should not be denigrated, but I'm not saying this is true in this particular instance, but you know, sometimes institutions might merit some of the you know lack of faith that people have in them. And I think after Bush v. Gore, there was a little bit of a deserved you know, diminution of their reputation. Right. Because as a rule, people believe this, the decisions of the Supreme Court, you and I accept them. We may agree or disagree with them, but we accept them. And we accept that the Supreme Court makes the rules of the of the road, makes the law of the land. And by the way, we should also say this because I think it's important. We fight about all judges, but the Supreme Court is the court that gets to interpret the United States Constitution. Conservatives see themselves, they read the Constitution differently than progressives. And there's a there's a profound substantive disagreement in that. When it comes to the district court judges as a rule, and particularly the people that Trump has been very busy criticizing, the first line folks and the the second line appellate folks, they as a rule are interpreting existing laws and applying existing cases. And so I'm not saying that the same arguments don't apply, but it is, you know, Trump has politicized every level of the court in a way we just, I just, I can't remember any president ever personally attacking the first level trial court judge in the right. federal judiciary. It's not even up to the circuit yet. Yes. And the other thing is, it's not just that he's politicizing it. Again, as I said, he takes it to the next level. There's a a flavor of menace and intimidation, whether it's the taking away of the press pass for Jim Acosta from CNN or calling out a particular judge saying, 
you know, that he's biased because he's of Mexican origin, even though he's a United States citizen and born in this country. You know, it's it's not just criticism like Obama did of Citizens United, which a lot of people criticize. And there's some opinions that a lot of conservatives criticize in good faith. And I think that's all fine and proper. There are people who criticize Roe v. Wade. I don't agree with them. And, and I'm of the view that Roe v. Wade should be sustained and upheld and not overturned. But people are allowed to disagree with Supreme Court decisions. Sure. But calling out particular judges by name in a way that, that is probably intended a little bit to make the next judge I think so too, think to twice. intimidate the next judge. And I was going to ask you this, is the is the end game here for Trump? I don't think it's just this court case. I think it is exactly what you said, to intimidate all the judges and also to erode trust in institutions. And it reminds me, you know, and this may be, may, may be taking it a step too far, but this whole argument about Putin and Russia and eroding this idea of there being an actual truth, right? That there is no truth and that everybody's a liar. And yes, I'm lying, but you're lying too. This idea of the president basically saying all judges are liars or, you know, any decision that doesn't go my way, it doesn't go my way, not because substantively that's the right call under the law and the facts, but because this person is so political, they just want to rule against me. To hear Monday's podcast every week, go to cafe.com slash insider and become a Cafe Insider member.